back to another episode of The Top Step. My name is Ryan Roland-Smith, and this is another isolation session with my co-host, the one and only, Ms. Jessamine McIntyre. Now, I know we're all stuck at home, but it's so important to have a few laughs, as well as dive into some extremely important topics, like one of the most entertaining off-the-wall shows, documentaries, whatever you want to call this train wreck. I'm not going to give it away but it involves some big cats, royalty, an absolute role model for humanity, a guy by the name of Joe Exotic. All right, pretty sure I've given it away by now. Oh, where to begin on America's new favorite show? We dive into that as well as discuss the possibility of robotic umpires, getting a chance to relive these classic re-airs of Mariner games. Thank you, Root Sports. I throw a team out under the bus, all that, and a lot more on this episode coming up. Now, if you're enjoying these episodes, make sure you press that subscribe button as well as the share button wherever you're listening to this podcast. Stay safe, stay inside, and enjoy this episode as Jessamine McIntyre joins me on the top step. No matter what happens, Ryan Roland Smith has something to tell his grandkids right here. First appearance of the big leagues. <laughs> Thanks Thanks Hall of Famer. <laughs> Especially if he strikes them out. Here comes the one-two pitch to Junior now. The breaking ball. He struck him out. Yeah, that will be a story for the rest of his life as he strikes out Ken Griffey Jr. And the inning is over. But what an inning it was. All right, Jessamine, welcome back. Episode two. I can't believe I got you back after that last uh episode we did where i sounded like i was in witness protection did you hear could you hear the difference with my voice or the way it sounded ryan you don't know what i paid to get you out of that cellar so uh yeah i can definitely <laughs> notice the difference and so does my wallet okay yeah good yeah no, no we'll see the thing was see i just put on any setting i've got this equipment and i know you're dealing with you know some hiccups doing some stuff at home but i'm, I'm new to this whole sound engineering podcasting thing and i got i got done with that and i sent it off to you i mean you're, you're the producer i'm like yeah you can figure out the the sound i get it back and i sound like a robot i'm like what is the deal anyway it's all fixed i figured it out i was on google for three days straight and i figured out why it sounded like that so we're good i should sound nice and clear right now yes you're welcome you okay. sound great and free like a human <laughs> well, hey, speaking of speaking of free, I don't know how we're going to segue into this, but later on in this discussion, we have to dive into our favorite show. I'm not going to give it away right now, but I cannot wait. I'm I'm busting to talk about the the most popular show that's on TV right now. Absolutely, absolutely amazing. But before we get into that, cats and royalty. <laughs> royalty and cats pretty much and that's if yes. you do tune in if you Completely do tune in at least separate things <laughs> yeah and, and i don't want to give too much away look i know there's other shows out there like um what's the one where they, they sing with masks on um mask singer whatever it's it's yeah it's, ryan the one where they sing with masks on yeah it's called the mask singer <laughs> i checked it out last night you know what i love about that show that just real quick and before because i want to ask you about what you've been up to but I flicked that on last night. I love it how they they're like um they're like oh it's it's um it's Adam Levine it's blah blah they, they throw out all these big time celebrities especially like performers and then it's like oh no it's the extra who was on that on Die Hard six you know what I mean it's just like it, it, they go from like <laughs> top shelf guesses and they keep you waiting in an ad break and come back it's just some random who you've ne you haven't seen in six years. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, big shot, Ryan. You know they, yeah, they keep know. you waiting. They, you know what I call that? Good producing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> keep hey, the what? audience there. Hey, you know what? You and me might end up on that show if this coronavirus lasts any longer. I might be out. I might be out of a job, so I might end up on the mask singer. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I mean, let's. I'm fingers crossed. Let's go. I can't carry a tune, but I'll do it. I will say last night, the one show I did watch, I had um, Rob Gronkowski. He was awesome, man. That that dude was hilarious. That was fun to watch. Uh, he was on that show, right? I, yeah. I feel like I saw that on Twitter, but I didn't actually watch it because I don't watch that show. <laughs> but I heard that he sung some song that alluded to him possibly coming back. It was like Never Say Never or something. And possibly. everyone made some oh well it was probably tmz but made some big deal about the fact that oh he sung never say never which means that he'll probably come back i'm like man that dude's lost like 40 pounds in 10 days he's not coming back right what why did he because because he was actually a pleasant surprise because you know there was a couple episodes i'm not going to lie there was a couple that were taped right on demand or whatever on, on my on my dvr whatever you oh, call sure. it um but he, i was like oh here we go he, he's, he's a name he is someone who i know who it is it's not brandy's sister um now <laughs> with with him wh- why did he retire when he did um he had a lot of health problems and he went out on top i mean he's so young and he obviously gotcha. was still in shape but he got injured quite a bit and battled through it. And I am the number one Patriot hater in the world. And the one person I could never hate on was Rob Gronkowski. He is just 1000% himself all the time. And I'm kind of jealous of his energy, even though he's like the biggest bro. He's such a bro, but that's just who he is. And <laughs> yeah, that's just so I is. love him. <laughs> you know, like yeah. he's never not himself. Like he's like Jim Tan Laundry. Let's go. Like he's very yeah. Jersey Shore. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. GTL. You know what's funny about that? He, you know, he he got done. You know, he pulled his mask off. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like I think he's hilarious and and he's a big character and everything else. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, if that was me, I would be so nervous, right? Because after that, you have to do like a, a, a song or something. He sings "I'm Too Sexy" and he's just doing it like he's having a blast. I'm like, how does he do that? Yeah, we need that energy. I need that energy um, because, yeah, I just need it. I'm just okay. going to say I, I'm so envious of people that can be themselves so 100% of the time. Um, and he is. And I think that's why uh, people are drawn to him. It's contagious. And so every little day while in quarantine, I'm trying to be a little bit more myself, which is probably why this podcast is going to go off the rails. There we go. I'm, I'm going I'm to push you into a corner here where you're going to say some things you'll regret the rest of your life. That's what this podcast is all about. Hey, yeah, you know, stay <laughs> tuned for the regrets, folks. I was thinking about that's a good point you, you bring up. I was thinking about that because as you watch Twitter and all these social media platforms unwind, you're talking about being quarantined. We're all stuck inside, and especially here in Washington. That's pretty strict at the moment um, as far as staying inside. Yes, I'm starting to see true colors come through and, and a little bit of desperation or pushing the the pushing the boundaries a little bit on social media with certain celebrities who would usually keep it pretty tight knit if you know what i mean like like for example you know you, i'm watching you know certain you know people that that you know i've watched a bunch whether it's in sports or or otherwise and they're very politically correct um and they're very you know all of a sudden 
we start to see their true colors because they're stuck at home. They're, they're bored. Yep. They have yep. to put themselves out there, right? Because you have to sort of start, you know, really sort of pull for that, you know, for that attention if, if that's what that you know, career sort of leans on. The other thing is we're starting to see people's inside people's houses. Have you noticed that? <laughs> I love that, actually. I love it too. Um, I, I know where, you know, slowly but surely everyone off of like the four talking heads shows is pulled into their houses and you see yeah. everyone's earbuds and then what their background is like. I think it's actually kind of it at a time where we can't be together. It shows us a little bit of insight into yeah. who people really are. And I've actually found it kind of warming to see that. Um, yeah. Very I, relatable. I, 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 <laughs> yes, it is like, hey, you know what? I've got a frayed iPhone charger too because <laughs> <laughs> i i do like it but ryan tell me a little bit about what you've been doing during this because i know that you're trying to work as much as you can uh you're doing some lessons yeah well <laughs> well first of all right before you know governor inslee got on tv and said hey look for two weeks everyone's going to stay inside i literally had a full-blown schedule set up i'm talking Every afternoon, I was, I was doing these lessons. And this is something, you know, I do a lot of this back in Australia. I haven't really had a, a chance to work with kids here in the States. And this is, and I'd love to do more of it. Um, but sure enough, that afternoon, I, I had to make a spreadsheet. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm in demand here. Everyone from every 11-year-old to 18-year-old wants to work with me. This is great, in, you know, with, with baseball and everything else. So there I am, boom, putting this spreadsheet together, thinking, okay, I'm going to be okay here because, you know, as you can appreciate, being um, you know, broadcasting, I get paid per appearance. Well, right now I'm not getting paid anything. So I'm in the same boat as, you know, a lot of people who are losing their jobs when it comes to, you know, when you, when you start to forecast your income and boom, all of a sudden a pandemic hits, uh, that no one ever expected. So all of a sudden I'm thinking to myself, okay, I don't want to start. And, and look, I'm not, I'm not saying it's, you know, some people are really struggling out there. I'm not saying, I'm in that bad of a situation and I can feel for a lot of people. I do have money saved and put away and everything else. But at the same time, it's like, no, I want to continue to be productive. I think it's human nature to feel like you're productive. So, you know, I, I all of a sudden put this schedule together and sure enough, stay inside. So then one of the kids, dads, um, said, hey, would you want to do something online where we do it through FaceTime? I was like, hey, why not? It's beautiful. The, the wonder of technology. There you go. Yeah. And it is a lot more difficult, trust me, because I'm, you know, if I'm, if I say I'm doing an hour session, it turns into an hour and a half because I just, I talk way too much and the kid wants to move, right? What? So, you talk too much? <laughs> yeah, Weird. Yeah, I've yeah. never heard anything like that. Yeah. Well, just like this question, I could answer this question literally in about 20 seconds. And here I'm I am. Well <laughs> I'm well aware. I'm well aware. Yeah, cut in any time. To, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. This is very, very buttons. interesting. But anyway, so so there I am in the front of my house setting up you know, my little makeshift area in the front of my house with the iPad up and, and the whole thing. And we're, we're banging out these online sessions. I'm even doing like some of the older kids who, you know, one kid's going up to, to he's committed to play at UW, another one at Washington State. There I am. We're just going over videos. Like we're going over their video or we're going over like breaking down their pitch mechanics or we're going Isn't over. Isn't that huge in baseball huge. right now anyway? It's yeah. huge, man. And it's so funny. You forget that these 17-year-olds who are about to, they're literally a year away from going to play D1 baseball that you get talking to them and it's like, man, you've got so far to go before you start being really successful. So it's really, and you know, I'm not tapping myself on the back here, but yeah, you it's. Are. 
Well, it's yeah, fine. you know, I am. I am. It's right? allowed. They, look, put this, <laughs> the, the, these kids are going to be all Americans thanks to me, all right? And these these video <laughs> sessions. So that, Take no, all but the it's credit. fun. Take all it's, the it's, it's it's fun because we can dive into whether it be pitch like video breakdown or you know the mental side of baseball. I mean, we had one other kid who uh, really wants to get into broadcasting, and I was like, "Don't speak to Jessman McIntyre, who's who's done this and and knows everything about sound engineering, producing shows. Talk to me, who's only done it for a couple of years, doesn't know what I'm doing." <laughs> But no, yes, it, it, definitely. <laughs> you keep him. You keep him. <laughs> yeah, but it, it has been. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. But I, you know, I've enjoyed it. It's it's um, it's just like I said. I, I have to be productive one way or the other. Uh, the other thing is, you know, trying to do as many as these podcasts I can remotely. Uh, I feel like everyone's pretty willing to to get on. Uh, I had Eric Burns on the other day. That was fun. I've had. Oh, I've had Burnsy, you for round how's two. he doing? That that. <laughs> maniac how's he well, doing first of all first of all okay so a guy like that you would think that you know yeah he, he's crazy if you don't know who eric burns is turn on mlb network or just google eric burns you see him diving into you know diving through walls and the whole thing energy's oh. through the roof yep so for burnsy i'm thinking to myself you know one of the first things i asked him was like how's how's quarantine going because in california they've been like that for a few weeks and um and you think that locking him up is like you know locking up you know, a, a, an animal in a cage, a but Tasmanian devil. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But if you go on Twitter and, and check out, I mean, he lives, he's got like a, a like a, a ski lodge house. I mean, he's living, living in paradise, really. I mean, if Dude, you wanted to, that you know, psychopath ran an Iron Man on a treadmill or an ultra marathon. I'm sorry. Yeah. He it, ran 52 miles on a treadmill. It's out of control. And I, I, I saw that I saw that clip and I'm thinking to myself, is that real? Because if that's anyone else, you're thinking, okay, they've somehow just turned the machine on and let it roll for the whole day. And say, oh, look what I'm doing. That's all real. That's that's completely legit Eric Burns. Crazy. Yeah. I love that guy, man. He's awesome. Yeah. He is. And and you know what, to uh you know, buddy of mine have played with Peter Moylan, played with the Braves. He, he wrote a he wrote a tweet. <laughs> he said, I wish I was quarantined with Eric Burns because he's just <laughs> living the whole <laughs> There's another guy too, you know, who with the um you talk about Rob Gronkowski, a guy like Eric Burns just has that energy and just has that it's just him. That's just the way he is. So Yes. He yeah. is always himself too. Yeah. I met him actually before I moved to Seattle. When I was at ESPN, um, they would bring in current players that weren't in the postseason as analysts. And they brought in Curtis Granderson one year, and then they brought in Eric Burns because obviously he has good energy and he was great on the air. And, man, that guy was fun, and he was great to be around. And then I moved to Seattle, and then a year later, all of a sudden, he's with the team. I'm like, this is the first time I've really had one of these I know you. Right. Uh, Incidents. Because <laughs> uh, it was so long ago. But um, yeah, like, and and we just picked up right where we left off. Just such a blast, that guy. You know, speaking of that year he was with the Mariners, the first thing I, I, I kicked off the podcast with him, I had to ask him, there's this hilarious, hilarious story that I witnessed. Uh, he, he's, he's, he, had to, he had to drop a bunt down as a squeeze play. Oh my God, you saw this? Hold on. I I just, you were there for that because I know this story and I can't wait for everyone to hear it. But Are you I talking just, about the bike? I, uh huh. Oh yeah. So you saw it. I want to hear your version because. No, I, no, 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 no. You tell it. You started it. You started it. I interrupted it. I'll tell you my so version funny. after. 
That's so funny. And I had okay, to, I couldn't buns, wait to ask buns, him. Yeah, so he, he couldn't get now. Mind you, he's hitting under two hundred. He knows it's like the tail. He, he's nearly done career wise. He's just not living up to, you know, the the deal he had with the D backs. So he's kind of in. A, he's in a bit of a funk, and he's riding his bike to the field every day. Um, you know, to I've got two stories. Remind me of another one after this. But he's riding his bike to the field every day, and every afternoon or every night after the game, he just fly out of there on it. And it, this was not a triathlete bike. It wasn't like this Lance Armstrong. Was it suit. like a beach cruiser? It was a fixie. It was a fixie yeah. bike, like a bright orange thing. And I was like, look at this thing. And yeah, you know, he had had hair coming out, flowing out of the helmet. It's hilarious. So he'd come zooming through where all the the family would sit in the tunnel, and outside the locker room. And just go flying around the corner and see you later, Burnsy. Well, sure enough, you see Jack Zarenzik. We've just lost game f- 15 in a row. There's Jack Zarenzik, the GM, walking with his crew, you know, this way. And you can see, if you turn your head to the right, you can see Burnsy flying up. Now, he's upset because he was supposed to drop a bunt down. Uh, and he just wants to get out of there, you know, with his hair on fire. Wait, say what happened. With so, the, uh, because he was supposed to drop a bunt down. Right. And what happened? Well, he was he missed the sign. So then, of course, Ichiro, who is the 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 king of the team, and you cannot, you know, you can't. He he's that dude who you you cannot put in any tough position, whether it's on the field or not. So when you see a guy come steaming in from third base, get caught rung up, caught caught in a rundown, it's just not good. It just looks terrible. And for Ichiro, it's one of these things that he, it made him look bad. People were sort of were questioning, did he miss the sign? Did Ichiro mess up? It was just a bad, bad, bad situation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it, it was I think it was ev- everyone knew it was on Burnsy. I'm just going to put that <laughs> out there from the media side. We <laughs> right. all knew it was on him. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. Either way. So there he is. He's trying to get out of there super fast. And everyone wanted to get out of there super fast those days, man. It, it was not good. But, and so Jack Sorensic walking through the uh, walking through the tunnel, and and then if you turn your head to your right, you see Burnsy steaming up on his bike, and they can't see each other. He can't see around this corner towards the parking lot. He cannot see where Jack Sorensic or these five other people he's with. He comes flying around the corner, literally an inch, an inch away from taking him out. And you've seen Jack Sorensic. He's Pretty awkward He's not a as small it is, man. right? Like socially awkward. He can't. Here comes Burns. He flying around the corner, misses him from it by an inch, sees him, and then you just hear from the distance, "Sorry, bro." As he flies <laughs> and then, and the thing was, it wasn't so much the moment where it's like, "Whoa!" Like where you hold your breath, thinking they're going to collide. It was the time after that because he's Jack Zarenzik in front of friends and family of the team and media and the whole thing standing there just super awkward because he nearly got, you know, nearly got his doors blown off by this fixie bright orange bike and blonde hair flying around the corner. And then he's with his crew and they're all like looking at him. It's no one's making eye contact. Super awkward. Hilarious. I had to kick that story off and and he dived into it. It it, it was funny. He was laughing about it. It was good. He has a really good sense of humor about that. Yeah. Every time he's talked about it, he was like, Hold on, let me set the record straight. It was <laughs> yeah. a beach cruiser, you know. <laughs> um, but he knew too, and I'm pretty sure he got released like the next day. Literally days, um, yeah. He, yeah. He said he said like two or three days after. Because I said, was it the next day you got de- you got designated? He says two or three days after. I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, it was it, it was like in between a series where you're oh, like, yeah. okay, he's gone. Hey, so speaking of now, everyone's stuck inside. 
life has changed a lot for a lot of people. For you guys, I've jumped on air a couple times. Everyone's doing it remote, right? 710 ESPN? Yeah. Okay. Yes, we are, we are safely, socially, and professionally distancing. Is there anyone in the studio, you know, pressing uh, buttons? We we do. We have engineering uh, people who are coming in to work. Um, they have special passes where they're allowed to go to work. Um, it's actually a pretty serious process in which you have to get almost deputized to be able to go to work. Um, but someone has to be there to do it. And um, so we do have a crew that comes in, but not more than one person can be in that room at a time. So it's only that one person. And then we have uh, one designated engineer who's actually an engineer for the station, not for each show um, in the building at each time. So they're doing things really carefully and um, abiding by all of the rules, um, which is it's crazy how fast this all happened. But I know everyone's experiencing it, too. Um, yeah. And also that shock value. Um, so we do have people in there, but none of our hosts or producers are working in there unless they are also um, doing engineering work. And so what are we talking about? So I, I, I got on, um, you know, with Bob, David Moore a couple of times and, and yeah, look, they're, they're trying to pull baseball questions you know, out of any, anywhere. Um, but it, what are we talking about on your show? Oh, man. Well, I mean, not I mean, to the NFL... take a hard left turn from yeah. baseball, but the NFL <laughs> is alive and kicking right, right now because they're not in season. And we've got free agency going on and they have the draft scheduled as promised. Um, today on our morning show, Danny and Gallant, we actually had uh, an NFL draft prospect who is an outside linebacker, pass rusher kind of guy out of Alabama. And I like to kind of highlight guys like that. Um draft prospects who the Seahawks have shown interest in or a position of need. And I've really enjoyed that. Um, we focus a bit more on the personalities mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Ryan, you should get one someday so that you could yeah. be more applicable. <laughs> no, it's, it doesn't have to be sports specific because we're all aware that sports aren't happening right now and we just want to have fun. And yeah. I think the most important thing to me is, that we have a chance to connect with our listeners who have heard our voices every single day for as long as they listen, or maybe just need a break. And we just want to have fun with them. And I am, cannot tell you how grateful I am to still have our audience. Yeah. That, you make a good point. Well, you know, you mentioned have fun. So I, I usually, and you know, as you know, I used to uh, call in with you every Tuesday at three 30 last year and you've moved on to the morning show, but, um, but you know the, the one thing you know I enjoyed is my favorite part of the week, um, either TV, radio, everything was jumping on with you guys. But the couple yeah, times, I, oh yeah, it's a blast. You know, it was Danny <laughs> David Moore last year. Now it now it's Bob Stelton and and uh, Dave Wyman and Jim Moore. But the hard thing for me because yeah, you know, I, I want to get on, crack a few jokes, and just be silly. Two things which makes make it difficult. One, I know that n- not everyone's in the room together. So subconsciously, I change the way I speak because I, I feel like, you know, I'm talking just to one person. It's a little. Well, what bit do you different. do? Like an American accent or something? American accent. I talk about. I talk about football because <laughs> uh, I, <talk, laughs> I know so much about football. Which, by the way, the last two off seasons. Just a little side note. 
every off season after the baseball season, I'm like, okay, I have to learn football. I've got Dave Wyman's number. I text him uh, and I, I should, I should screenshot the text message. I'm like, dude, I need your help, man. Help me out here. Like I want to sit with you. Yeah. And I just get lazy with it. I end up going back to Australia. I've got to learn football so much more. I, don't get me wrong. I know the game. I'm not like, Oh, what does this mean? Why is he throwing the ball forward? It's not that I know the game. I'm talking about like the in- intricacies, <laughs> But just, why just, is he throwing the ball forward? Well, as you know, yeah, Jess, no, um, why in rugby, you can't throw the ball I forward. I know. I'm I'm very well aware of that now, uh, having covered Major League Rugby for some time now. But um, Wyman is actually a really good teacher, and he does have a little catalog of 101s up on our website at 710sports.com if you want to go through those. Um, I need to. But I've... I've sat down in classroom sessions with Wyman and I know the sport pretty well. And I've still come to him for some help just to understand a a little bit more of the technical side, because I want to know, I I know the sport, but I want to know what the players are thinking and what the coaches are thinking. And sometimes you'll look at a coverage and you'll automatically blame the cornerback where you're like, no, actually he was out of position. And or, you know, the safety was out of position or, you know, are you in a zone or, you know, cover three, cover two, cover one, whatever it is. Um, you don't know. And I, I should put that out there to all the armchair quarterbacks and all the uh, analysts out there who are watching from their televisions and computers is that you don't actually know. Uh, the coaches know, the players know, and you yeah. will never really find out. And so that's why Wyman has really good insight. So basically, you're talking to me six months from now. No, not is it six months? When is it? Whenever the oh, my math's terrible, but whenever the season <laughs> kicks off, you're basically talking to me. You're the one. You're the one who said to me, "Hey, reach out to Dave," and and I did. And he's like, "Yeah, man, let's do it." I just again haven't taken him up on that offer. Look at me, full of advice for you. I know. Again, how about that? All over it. You're so, welcome. The other reason, real quick, not to drag this out, but the other reason is because I have to come on after the the COVID-19 update. I think it comes from Cairo. So it's very serious, very, you know, very to the point. It's basically a, a big update. Oh, and now we're joined by Ryan Roland Smith. <laughs> I'm like, oh, great. Hey, guys. Like, like you know, Hey, guys, crack. how's quarantine? Yeah, exactly. Ba-dum-bum. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Hey, mate, crikey. Like, I can't just, you know, I can't dish out the same, you know, bogan Aussie stuff after a serious update like that because everyone's in, everyone's, everyone's bummed out. So it's like, wh- where do I go from here? You know? Well, that, I think that's a challenge for all of us in sports right now, too, is that we're aware that we have this horrible crisis going on in the country and we want our listeners to have fun with us. And we do wrestle with that every day because we have to deal with seriousness at the same time on a level we haven't before. And so you're not alone there. Um, It it is tough, but I think you just miss Danny is what it comes down to. (laughs) I do. I do. I I did bump into him uh, right before I went down to spring training and, and uh, I do, I'm, I do miss him a lot. He's he's the man. He's awesome. Not, he nothing at all. But but Danny's unreal. I said to him, I said, hey man, like you know, right before I left to go to spring, I said, hey, whenever you want me to come on in the morning, and uh, yeah, crickets. I haven't been on the show once. Thanks to you and thanks yeah, to sorry I'm about that. To tell <laughs> yeah. <laughs> little I bit mean, big of it. Yeah. The, the letters in the mail. Invitation is in the mail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, but speaking of doing stuff from home, this is one thing. And you mentioned earlier, yeah, you kind of get that insight in people's living rooms. Um, yeah, how how kind of 
you know, different it is. I was watching Jimmy Fallon the other day and uh, he's doing it from home. Like he's doing it from the basement or, or whatever. And these kids come and interrupt. But the one, the challenge, and you mentioned some of the challenges you guys have. He was on with Kim Kardashian, right? And they start diving into, you know, Kim, what have you been up to? Or, or the, the topic was something that if he's doing his show in a studio with an audience, the topic they were talking about would be funny. Like you could really sort of build off this type topic. She dives into, now she's at home as well. She dives into her topic and what she wanted to talk about was putting photos from her phone into categories on a computer. And there's Jimmy Fallon. Now we talk about like exposing. Mm. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. So I'm sitting there and, 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 and Jimmy Fallon, look, he, he's a master at what he does. He's very talented. But not even him could could get some 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 you know brightness to this conversation because it's it's it could have been really funny with an audience. He could have gone back and forth. And she's like, yeah, and I've put the photos in these categories. And I'm sitting there like, how much time do you have? She's like, I've got, I've got thirty thousand photos, and I've just put them all into categories. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? And yeah, that's, coming but, up next, a giraffe organizes its pebbles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I mean, what? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I'm sitting there going, oh man, like I kind of felt bad for the show in a way because it's like, man, it just goes to show how. I mean, it's it's difficult, you know. And it's one of these things that I was thinking about. You know, you guys are doing everything from home. You think about, is this the future? Is this what's going to happen that people are too scared to, to interact when they can do things at home? That's going to be the option, right, to well, do things from home. I I think that in certain industries and with certain people, um, that, that might be the future. But I think, at least for me personally, it's made me appreciate our audience and the physical interaction I have with people that much more that I think it's going to be 10 times better um, when we're able to uh, be within six feet of each other and when I can be in the studio and I don't think it's going to be a new normal forever for everyone. Um, I could see it uh, being a cost-cutting measure for people personally who realize, wow, working from home actually works, who don't have to have physical interaction with people on a daily basis to make their job better. Like I'm a producer. I need to see, I need to interact. I need to get the feeling of a room of a show and, um, and working remotely does create a lot of challenges that way. But I think that there are people that at work are sitting at a desk, but only really working on their computer who could easily sit at home. And I don't know, I know that there's been a lot of talk about how there's no traffic and how air quality has gotten better. Right. And maybe certain companies, you know, people are saving money on gas or bus tickets or, you know, Ubers. Maybe it'll work out better for them to do that in the future. And that wouldn't surprise me. But I think that for people who do need camaraderie and uh, a lot of social interaction to make their jobs work, I think that that will explode. And I think yeah. it'll be a good thing. Yeah, exactly. And I'm with you. And that was kind of comforting when, when I watched that episode, I'm like, good. Now this proves that people have to be in the same room. This is not something where people are like, oh, we can just do this from home. You have to right. be in the same room. So that was kind of nice because I need to be around people. Otherwise, I'm, you know, I'm just a different person. I, I like being around people. I like seeing, f- you know, fans watching the game at the game as opposed to watching them on TV. 
and, and all those little things, you know, obviously, especially in sport. Speaking of, and speaking of sitting at home, now Root Sports have got all these old classic games on, right? I, I got a chance to watch 2001, the opening day. And it was oh, kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. Wasn't it, it, the first, that was the first game, right? Played last Thursday? Um, yes, it was. And it was interesting because the expectations of that team, talking to, you know, talking to people who are in spring training that year, they're like, oh, I don't quite know what we're going to get because, you know, no Griffey, no Randy Johnson, A-Rod left, all these superstars gone. And you're looking at this going, oh, well, got Ichiro, who was terrible in spring training. Lupinella's is like, who is this dude? This guy, like, I, I didn't want to play him. That's how bad it was in spring training, but there's such a hype about him. And to watch that and to watch that opening day and to see that team, the place is packed, by the way, packed. Like, you know, Seattle out. shows out for opening day. Oh, yeah. It, it was awesome. And but speaking of that, just watching that team, you saw Freddie Garcia, who didn't look that good pitching. And you, and you look at, you know, no one knew what Mike Cameron was going to do. You know, Brett Boone was coming off a year where he, you know, hit 18 home runs, which was okay. It was just it was funny to watch that because you know you listen to you know Dave Niehaus and um, yeah and and you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself oh, yeah what are we going to get this year and they end up winning 116 games but it it has been fun watching these classic games I again I wish there was baseball on obviously for me in my mental health but at the same time <laughs> it has been nice it has been cool to to to, to watch baseball especially. Uh, baseball was so good back in 2001, late 90s, 2001. Loved it, and I miss it. It was fun to watch those games. It really was. I mean, those were kind of like the years where you finally felt like baseball was back after the strike, yeah. um, which turned a lot of people away from the game. And, man, it really was. I mean, I grew up in a football household, but my dad had one month off a year. It was basically the end of June to the end of July, and, uh, you know, growing up, he just watched baseball every single day. Um, he gave it up for an entire yeah. year. And I was very young. Uh, but after the strike, he was just so mad about it. Right. And uh, my entire neighborhood was either Yankees or Mets fans. And we were a Mets household. And our next door neighbor was a Mets fan. And even if we weren't watching the game and sitting outside, um, you always knew what was happening because you could hear uh, my neighbor's name was Al Stam and you could hear him cheering or swearing at the television through the screen door. And so we wouldn't even have to have the game on because we knew it's just a sport that draws people together. But I do appreciate Root Sports airing those. And we're yeah. actually airing the same games on 710 um, at the same time each night um, just to relive a little bit of uh, yeah. the really cool history of it. Yeah, it's awesome, and not to get away from from that time, you know, late like I'm talking about late nineties. And again, look, I, I, you know, I was a teenager. I was about to come to the states. You know, I came. My first year was two thousand one, but um, sure enough, now again, not to move away from this this little point in time, but I noticed I, I saw on Twitter two thousand nine opening day. I was like, yes, my daughter's sitting here. She's five years old. Um, and <laughs> so I, I said, Kennedy, you know, we're about to dive into to homeschool. And I said, no, 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 stop for a sec. You know, it was in the afternoon. They were showing it. Boom, we have on. something very important to watch instead <laughs> yeah, of exactly. school. Yeah, that's right. Daddy's on TV. Everything stops. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, but, but I'm watching and I'm flicking on. I'm like, okay, I knew, I knew, I knew I didn't pitch that day, um, but um, but oh, I, I flicked it on. And they're doing the whole 
um, the ceremonies and the and the introductions before the game. I was like, oh my god! I was like, Kennedy, sit down quick. Daddy's going to be on the TV. You can see me. You can see me run out. Yeah, oh. run out from because because the red carpet and everything. The red car. Look, by the way, no one does it better than than Safeco slash T-Mobile Park. The Mariners do an amazing job opening day because yeah, it's you know, really I've, cool. It's awesome. I've been a visiting player in some places, like for example, Tampa Bay. We opened the season in Tampa Bay one year, and they had these like little. You know, something you see on Tiger King uh, fireworks, you know, um, Joe Exotics uh, pew, running for governor. Pew, pew. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, guys, let's pick it up a little bit. Come on. <laughs> anyway, but it, it was just, it was super cringeworthy. But they're, so that they're slowly, I mean, it said there's a little clock for the first pitch. Now it was a big deal because Griffey was back, right? So that's yes. probably why that's. It, it was huge. So I'm like, hey, Kenny, watch it. I'm trying to explain to her. Daddy's going to run out from right field. Well, Mike Sweeney comes out. They, they, the camera follows him. And then you hear uh, number 18, Ryan Roland Smith, like this. And I look over to make sure Kenny's watching. She's not, you know, messing around. And the camera is on the crowd. I'm like, hold on a sec. <laughs> And, and, and you didn't make the cut. <laughs> and so the thing was, it wasn't like they they it wasn't like they skipped it because I was showing something important. The camera work, it's live. Okay, I'm not knocking anyone running the cameras or or the director. You know, uh, Jim Armantrout, who works for Root Sports. I don't know if he was back working that get work, working that game. But they literally they just botched the thing. So sure enough, the one dude coming out, there's a roster of 25. The one dude coming out, the camera's on the crowd. And then it goes back to like a blank space against the wall, and then boom. And I'm you've That's got to be where kidding. all your fans were sitting. Yeah, blank space against the wall. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, and 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 my daughter's like, where, Daddy, where are you? And I was like, I promise you, I promise you I was on there. You heard my name, didn't you? I mean, she's five. She's like, oh, that's not nice. I'm like, no, it's not nice. And sure enough, I lodged an official complaint to Root Sports to make no, I'm just <laughs> no, but it was it, it was such a bummer. And then sure enough, there's a couple snippets of my the back of my head, you know, as the camera rolled down the the line. But it was it was the whole Griffey show. But I will say, besides that. Right, and I wasn't that disappointed. Whatever, I don't care. I don't know. When they showed the crowd shot, were they did they all just immediately <laughs> sit on their hands when they announced your name? Is no, that they, what zoomed, it was? they zoomed in on people. People were shrugging their shoulder, like, and you could read their lips saying, "Who the hell is this dude? Who's this guy?" <laughs> yeah. like, look. Why is his name so long? Is that yeah. is that a dash in the middle yeah. of it? What is? Who is this? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but <laughs> but it was. I was gonna say it was cool when you see Griffey come back out. You know, come out. You know, obviously the first time wearing a Mariners uniform for so long, place on their feet. It was insane. It, it was really cool. So it is as much as it sucks sitting home, not having baseball, having these little things. You flick around channels. MLB Network's got some classic games, and you know everything else going on. It is fun to watch these games and just get back to these eras of baseball, which was so awesome. And the other reason why I want to mention this too before I forget, and we'll move on. Okay. Now, the one. Big reason why I loved baseball, we're talking late 90s, early 2000s, 30 teams, right? And I don't know how it is, and we talked about the NFL earlier, but this whole era of baseball where you just wave the white flag and say we're going to rebuild drives me nuts. You had 30 teams, this is this is the best we've got, and we're going to try and win this year. There was no there – was, there was really no – if you went out and said, oh – Hey guys, I'm the GM. Um, we're going to rebuild now. I get it; it's strategy, and and I understand the the point of it and stuff like that. But the cool thing was, every team said, "This is the best we got. We've built our team. Go go to battle, boys." That's how it was. Yeah, well, there was a lot of buying teams at that point too. We're talking about the George Steinbrenner era. 
where it was whoever had the biggest payroll. And yes, right. you're right. It was all veterans and there were hardly any up and comers. I mean, you look at A-Rod, right? I mean, he was an up and comer with Seattle, but then Texas bought him and yeah. th- that's it. And that's how it went. Then the Yankees bought him and the Yankees bought Johnny Demon from the Red Sox. And that it, it just I like the fact that the era that we're in doesn't do that anymore. I do yeah. appreciate the the building from within that I feel like has been reinvigorated. For sure. But but even, you know, the, the 2001 team, they're playing the Oakland A's even back then. They didn't have a big budget, but they were still able to get witty and figure out ways to to beat the big market teams. You yes. Know yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I, I still like that, too. And I know that demoralizing for well veterans that are still on a team that say hey we're scrapping this but you look at the Mariners now and every single young player is so excited to be the start of something new which they believe will be successful and I like that I I know that fans have every right to be disappointed in the last 18 years I guess we're at of no postseason play and not having seen a World Series. But, I mean, it's still one of the younger teams in the league anyway. Um, so I feel like that stat is a little skewed. Um, but I I guess I, I like seeing the excitement with the young guys all coming up together. Um, so I guess there's pros and cons to each way of doing it. But I don't have a problem with uh, rebuilding as long as, like, every team's not doing it every year. Yeah, I just feel like more than 50% of teams are doing it. That it's just there's so many different things baseball now overdoing the rules, you know, from the I, I don't know. Look, I, I I get it, but just, you know, the the thought about lefties can't pick off anymore. I'm not trying to sound like I'm super old or or like, you know, robotic arms and all these little things that just, you know what? Just let it do just put a ball in play to try and score one run. I mean, we don't have to sit back and wait for a home run every every three innings, and that's what the numbers say is good. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a different uh, way. Do you want to unjuice the ball? I don't. Oh wait, you're a pitcher. You can't speak to that. That's I, look, unfair. It's a biased I, opinion. I, look, I, okay. I think with the juicing the ball thing, I you know, th- there's different theories in that. One's you know obviously the manuf- manufacturing of that ball and everything else, but. I look. I've got no problem with dudes hitting home runs. The way hitters train now is completely different. The the way they approach their swing and everything else, I love it. I think it's great. I just I do miss stolen bases. I, I miss that. Uh, I miss just some of the human element to to make this game less sterile. Um, I think it is really important. I think everything goes in cycles. Once some dude can get on base a ton by putting the ball in play, stealing bases, the whole thing, and does in the playoffs, well, then, boom, the next year they're going to find two or three dudes in the lineup to do that, you know? Yeah, well, actually, now you're talking about, actually, probably the sport that has the most human element in it right now is baseball, but the thought of robo-umps has come up quite a bit lately, and I'm curious to get your take on it because – uh, Mitch Hanniger sat down with Shannon Dreyer the other mm-hmm. day and talked about robot umpires. And now, you know, Mitch is a, a hitter. He is an offensive baseball player, and that's not to take out, uh, take away anything he does in the outfield. But he thinks that it would be a disadvantage to catchers who are good at pitch framing if there right. was strike zone regulation via robot. 
Okay, what are so, your thoughts on that? All right, the whole robo arm thing. First of all, speaking of the human element, speaking about you know back in the day, and I feel like I'm 60 years old right now. It's oh, the game used to be way better. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Wait, not saying you're not? No, no, I'm not. I'm very How old young. Are you? I am very young. All right? I thought I'm, you were I'm, 61. <laughs> 26. Um. Anyway, so. <laughs> Oh my God, we're the same age. Weird. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Uh, no, anyway, I, I, I feel like I'm 26. I'm, I'm, that's the kind of shape I'm Anyway, I'll, I'll shut up. Let, let me get to this. <laughs> so the lucky this is a podcast, or I'd never be allowed back on air again. If I was on the uh, Danny and Galan show, that's for sure. The, <laughs> the uh, right, <laughs> right, producer? You'd be like, yeah, like yeah, we'll, we'll look into it. Yeah, he's got two minutes. If he doesn't finish his thought in two minutes, get him, get rid of him. The whole thing with, with the whole, the robo-arms thing is, first of all, you know, Mitch Hanniger mentioned the pitch framing. That is something that I don't want to watch catchers just playing catch, catching the ball and just not even caring about framing a pitch, giving the umpire a look. That whole mm-hmm. skill set, which is a skill set, it's a huge that, – that, that's something that when you talk about analytics is watched so much and, and evaluated and valued so much throughout front offices. So pitch framing, gone. The guy would just be back there catching a the ball like dad's catching his 11-year-old, right? Right. That's how it would look. So it would look terrible. Like it just, you know, from a, from a visual standpoint, it would just look really bad. So so basically there's catches out there, you know, defensive catches who live off pitch framing, you know, in the top five who, you know, can't swing the bat too well like, like Mitch Hanniger is talking about. And it's going to be, you know, obviously a disservice to them. Now, the other, the other part about it is too, I love – when you're talking about the human element, this is something that you have to keep in this game. We talked about it, people interacting, you being six feet away from someone to do a show or whatever. I love, there is a part of, as a starting pitcher, now I've done this in the big leagues, you have to have this mind control over the umpire or vice versa. Roger Clemens was the master of it. Now put aside the, you know, the, the Roger Clemens drug allegations and all, all, all this kind stuff. of stuff. No. Yeah, we'll put he that away. Used, yeah, put that aside. This guy, he was he was good. He was really good. And one thing he did really well was be on board with those umpires. <clears throat> yeah, from huh. from from the first inning on, from the days he didn't pitch, he would kiss their ass and be their best buddy because he understood the value that fit first, second, third inning, establishing that back and forth with them, saying, okay, if I stay down and away with this pitch or whatever it may be, and I keep peppering that area, the strike zone is going to be a certain way, right? And you might think, oh, well, that's not fair. But at the same time, there's an art to pitching and there's an art to having a certain, you call it a strategy or an area that you get comfortable with and you can control the game from from a pitching standpoint. So what did Clemens do particularly? Did he hit a certain spot to make it a part of the strike zone? He or would did be, he have an interaction personally with the ump? Or yeah, Well, he had, a, he had a lot of interaction personally. I mean, I'm talking, he would, you know, offer him, say, hey, I know the uh, owner of this restaurant, if you guys want to grab dinner there. Little, oh, you know, so subtle he, things. Greased, he greased <laughs> the palms a little bit. Yeah, basically. But he was best buddies with them. You know, best buddies with umpires. That's it. That's what he did in between in between games. I, first of all, I love that. It's great. It's smart, right? It's camaraderie. The, it is on the and then what he would do. Now, mind you, he's a veteran, and when you're a rookie, you get a different strike zone than when you're when you're a veteran. But all these little things is what makes baseball awesome, right? When you watch baseball in the '90s, it gives it that character and that life about it. When you're watching an umpire in Yankee Stadium, for example, who, if like Ted Barrett does not get 
caught up with the fact he's in Yankee Stadium. He's one of the best umpires, right? And he stands mm-hmm. up there, sticks his chest out, and boom, he has a great strike zone, right? So I think there's there's that value. The other part, and like what Mitch Hanniger talked about too, umpires, their value just is diminished. These guys are amazing. Their strike zones, if you if you look at them, you know, when they get evaluated with with Quest Tech and everything, it's amazing. They are spot on. It's crazy how good they are. Right? Do you mean just accuracy across the board or their No, I'm talking because I feel I'm, like p- pitchers couldn't study that at a certain point. It, well, that's that was my next point. I'm talking about I'm first Sorry, of all I'm talking jump about jump the gun, jump the yeah, gun. Jeez, God, I mean <laughs> That's, I'm going to have to edit edit the crap out of this. You know that, right? No, no, no. Leave it all in. Leave it all in. <laughs> no, but yeah, that's what I'm talking. So I'm talking about, you know, like when they evaluate the umpires, they I've I've asked people who evaluate and they're like, man, they're they're pretty friggin' good. They are pretty good with their strike strike zone calling. The other part of this is too, is on the flip side. Now we talked about Roger Clemens. These other guys that just did not have that camaraderie with an umpire. The body language is a hundred on the, on the bad, bad body language level, you know, snatching the ball back or talking back to the umpire, this, that, and the other, and that strike zone changes, right? But there's and a part that's of that. an intricate, that's an intricate little dance too, isn't it? It is. Um, oh, just yeah. The body language between them. Oh, massively big time. I'll tell you a quick story. I was a rookie, right? Jamie Burke, he was a backup catcher we had in 2007, maybe 2008. I can't remember, but I was a rookie and I'm pitching, we're in Oakland, and I'm starting to get all like, you know, huffy about, you know, a call or something like that. The umpire takes his mask off and stares at me. I'm like, what's he looking at? So, and then, and then um, Jamie Burke sort of put his hands up as if to say, calm down like this. I, I keep making pitches. The guy, I can't remember, I think it was Jack Cuss, pops the ball up, and I'm walking back to the dugout. The umpire just lays into me, gives it to me. And I'm like, what? I'm putting my hands up like this. I get back in in the dugout, and Jamie Burke said, "Dude, you can't you can't do that, mate. These guys have been this guy's been here for 20 years. You've been here for a year. Oh, right? kiss the ring. It, yeah. And he said he he said <laughs> to me, he knee. said point blank. He goes, if he doesn't swing, he's not getting a strike. That's what he said. Right. Oof. So, I, but at the look, and again, I'm not trying to sound old school here. That's part of the game, I think. Right. Not that he wouldn't blatantly, if I threw a pitch down the middle, it would look ridiculous, but he's not going to give me that extra little pitch when it's, when it can go 50, 50, right. So a as, a, as a pitcher, I would imagine that that might be infuriating, but it sounds like that you appreciate that part of the game. I, 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 first of all, I appreciate that, that part of the game. It's a respect thing to umpires that respect that these guys have been doing this for a long time and that they are very good, right. When you do test them, when the, when the numbers come out, they're, they're pretty spot on. I will give them that. And the, and the other thing, it made, it helped me do the dance, right? As a starting pitcher to respect the umpire, if I keep hitting that spot, eventually the calls are going to go my way. That That's huh. kind of, that's the way, that's the way it goes. And I watch back videos back when I've blown up, watch video. I'm like, Oh, he was actually pretty, he was actually pretty right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> what do you do? How about that? Well, probably shouldn't have thrown my hands up at that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but anyway, it's it's one of these things. It's like have some personality in this game. Have the um, have the the you know the the manager from the front the the, from the top step of the dugout blowing up at the umpire or coming out getting in his face. These things. I'm sorry, baseball. If it loses that, it's going to be just stock standard sterile. Boom, inning one through nine. Whoever scores the most runs. You know what I mean? I I just don't want to see that with the game. Yeah, it would be like a video game simulation almost. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
And I do like that. And I think that baseball has preserved most of it um, for some of the things that the league gets criticized for. Um, it's, oh, oh yeah, it's like, this is, you know, the old man's game and no one wants to change anything. But I also think Rob Manfred, who is relatively still new to the job of commissioner, has done a really good job of both serving it and, um, you know, whatever happened with the Astros and the trash bag, you know, banging and all that. Um, that's a whole new thing. But I also think that that kind of plays into the old school part of it, too, where yeah. you just figure some stuff out yeah. and you get caught. And whoops, you know, they weren't betting on games and I don't agree with what they did. But it's it's still this. Um, it almost reminds me of the Sandlot where I, it, you just. It, it, do whatever you can. Yeah, hey, I was just gonna, I was just about to say if there's one group of people who are pretty happy about this whole coronavirus shutdown, oh no the baseball, Astros. I mean, ain't nobody talking about them anymore. Yeah, that they're, <clears throat> they're enjoying Tiger King the most, which seg- segues me right into the the topic of the the afternoon. Nice, nice transition. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for one. I've been looking for one. <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. I shouldn't have pointed it out. I've been looking for one the last twenty minutes. <laughs> Tiger King. Where to begin? Where do we start? Let's go. Oh my God! There's no start. There's no end to this. It's horrendousness. <laughs> Well, it's unbelievable. I, it's it's the state of Florida. That's what it is. It's unbelievable. <laughs> How is this real? You couldn't write this. I, I know. And and you know what too? I feel like whoever um whatever the guy's name is who did this documentary, I think it was a guy and a and a and a, and a girl, they would have gone into this saying, Oh, you know, let's let's uncover animal rights and yada yada. And they would have walked in, their head would have exploded two weeks into film and this all oh like, my what goodness. did we just stumble into? I cannot but, wait for the director's cut to hear exactly what they thought they were gonna see. Oh my god. Yeah, it's just oh, okay. Oh, for those of you who have not seen Tiger King, there's probably uh, your your Labrador sit next to you if you listen to this show in the front seat of the car, but because everyone's seen it, the basically yeah. Also, there's going to be a lot of spoilers here, so we should tell people oh. that right now okay. because well, we I... have to talk about the stuff. But I'm pretty sure everyone who's sitting at home, like we are, yeah, they've seen it. Yeah, or or, or, or they've been spoiled. But I mean, it's all over. There's memes galore about Joe Exotic. I, I mean, know they're amazing. Now, what? Yeah, first of all, let me give a quick little brief rundown of this show. So basically, Tiger King is about it. Basically, three different tiger zoo, like tiger park owners, if you large will, I guess. cat zoos and yeah. quote unquote conservations. One of them, one of them is Joe Exotic, who <laughs> just complete. I mean, he's he's the best man. You can't not. Lo- you got to love Joe Exotic. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I guess. You and then you've got you... then you've got Carol Baskin, who she she plays that she plays the, she writes the script of oh come to my I'm I'm animal conservation I'm this is big cat rescue and it's like come on Carol let's go like let's get real here I mean yeah, that come part, on. you're you're a psychopath we all know yeah. it oh yeah and and we've got a big question about her in a second and the other guy the cult leader <laughs> what's his name with the ponytail the i don't even remember his name cuz i want to forget it for the rest of my life but ponytail soul patch wearing dude who has like five different girlfriends at a time he's a cult leader without yeah. calling it a cult yeah he he so, pretty much so there's is. that guy yeah the, the, my favorite part about him when they when they when they show him is uh, cuz he's he's well, he's number two. No one beats Joe Exotic, but he's number two. 
on my list of, of watching the the randomness. I love it how he doesn't realize people are filming, and he, he's yes! so good time. He's like, okay, so we're doing the shot over here on the couches with the cats and blah blah. Like, yeah, like <laughs> so that's my favorite. And the and the other thing too, and not to not to dive into, I don't know these, you know, the five wives or girlfriends he's got there. They're young, they're attractive, they seem pretty normal. What are they doing? Exactly. Like what? It's bizarre, isn't it? I'm like, what? What mum and dad failed you that bad? Yeah, or, oh. or just put something on your little hard drive as a little kid to make to force you into whatever the hell you're doing with with old mate at the at the at the the tiger farm. It's oh. just nuts. Oh. It's so ridiculous. Where I'm like, I like literally called my parents after watching that show, and I'm like, thanks for at least making me not that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Everyone out there who's who's not in the in in the uh, in the cult or who has has actually shown up on this show thank your parents that's what you need to do you need to thank your parents you know, because it's a good appreciation time for parents oh, yeah. yes now, oh my goodness my least favorite part of the show is the boyfriend the ex-boyfriend with the shirt off i don't oh, understand oh gosh how does he have that much money for tattoos and not teeth uh, yeah I, I know well mate, meth can do some serious damage to that mouth but but what, what did they? And I haven't gotten through the whole show. Did they ever come up with the reason why he's not wearing a shirt while he's being interviewed? They don't come up with that, but they do come up with the fact that, uh, you know, he's in a thruple gay marriage, like yeah. two he's... married to two men, and they're both straight. That and and you know, I called that too. The the young kid from California, I think it's Travis. Um, who's is you that know, the, the no teeth guy? No, not the no teeth guy. The, the guy is he's, he's good. Oh, the other kid. one. Yeah, he's a good looking kid. He's in shape. He's been you know hitting the gym. Looks like he's got some you know some something going for him. You know he should not be in wherever they are, Oklahoma, right? Which by the way, Oklahoma is my least favorite state. Sorry if you're from Oklahoma. I, and this is nothing to do with the Oklahoma Thunder or anything like that. I just have some bad experiences. So sure enough, this oh, but it on. looks foam finger. <laughs> 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 Come Look, on, there's something fun to be had about that. The, the fact that the fact that this the fact that this show is on it, it, what we're all dealing with now in the world, right? It's on at this time in our lives, and it's in Oklahoma. It just couldn't be more perfect. Sum it up, boom, perfect, it, right? Yeah, they, um, that encapsulates it. It is. Oh my gosh, I just I. Oh my gosh, wait, how many episodes are you in? Five. Well, I'm, I'm my favorite episode. I'm just past. I'm an episode past. I don't want to give it away. Um, the hit out on Carol. I've, I've just finished that one. Oh, like I think episode okay. five or six, maybe. I know there's only seven or eight. I can't remember. I think I'm close so, to the end. Have you learned Travis's fate? Yes, I have. Yes. Oh, I, okay. nuts. I didn't know if you knew that, but I, yeah. I did, and I've never seen for the 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 campaign manager who was in the office. I've never seen the reaction like that raw from what had happened. I don't want to give it away. No, it's, it's insane that that was caught on camera. I know. It's insane. And that, that goes back to my point. If you're making this documentary, what you've just stumbled into, I mean, it's just you've just opened Pandora's box of just craziness. 
you know, this you, you, is real life. These yeah. people really do these things. I know. You thought you thought episode five was going to be, you know, when you wrote this up, you thought episode five is like, oh, we're really breaking barriers for animal conservation and 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 right? tiger rights. Yeah, no, sorry, we're going to go a different direction. No, I remember we had Mike Leach on our show uh, last week, and we asked. You know, who is your favorite character? He goes, well, no one's redeemable, so definitely the Tigers. <laughs> like, that's it, man. This is, the, like, the cats are the only ones you root for at the end. Yeah, I know. and you know, how many people out there, including myself, have Googled, how do you buy a cat? I'll, I'll have a cat walking around this house. It looks awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I don't want that crap on my Google <laughs> search history at this point. FBI's yeah, exactly. down everyone's throats. And yeah, that's now a they're yeah, yeah, no, ain't nobody looking that up on my. Speaking, speak, speaking of favorite favorites, my favorite episode has to be, and I'm I'm basically giving this a good plug here for anyone who's listening and hasn't seen it yet. When he runs for governor, that's the best. I mean, you cannot <laughs> get any. When Joe Exotic runs for make the world, what does he say? Uh, make America exotic again. Something it's, like that. Yeah. Well, when he's it's like 2016. Governor, yeah. And he's like the videos, like he says, okay, uh, video number 130. He does little videos in the tiger cage. It's yep. just like, oh my God. Like the, the, the campaigns he's on, like, you know, going out to the, the rodeos and, and the, uh, you know, the, just the whole, like that white limo, that obnoxious white limousine Hummer, whatever, the stretch Hummer going oh. through the middle of the town on top of it. It's just absolute gold. Like, Oh man! Could you imagine being a news reporter at that time? I'd be like, "Oh my god! Like my career is just made. All I have to do is follow this guy around. Like that's it." I know that, that ratings it. bonanza. They interview some of the local, the regional uh, networks, and they like they they cannot wait to tell the world about what they witnessed. It was oh man, so good, so good. Yes. Give, so give, anyone, if you want your brain to explode and you're bored, watch that show. That's right. No better time of year or time in your life to be watching Big Joe Exotic. Yeah, and, never watch it except for quarantine. <laughs> like, this is the perfect time. Like, they released it at the exact right time. Exactly. And what Netflix, I mean, Netflix is just, they're loving it right now because everyone's watching this show. What they need to do, as soon as this quarantine, or this whole coronavirus thing's over, shut that show down. It never existed. It's like that. It's like that. Sh- the walk of shame. The next morning, last night didn't exist. Just wipe it. <laughs> wipe it from your memory. That's what they need to do with this show. Yes, you burn your clothes. You shower. <laughs> you go back to bed. You wake up, and you have a whole new life. Exactly. Ah, oh, good stuff. Well, hopefully, I'm not finished with the show. Hopefully, next time we jump on, I can talk about Joe Exotic and give an update. And hopefully, whoever's listened to this who hasn't seen it has can binge watch that thing starting now. And get up to where we're up to. I, I don't want to give any spoilers. You made a great point. I, I've got some other things I want to discuss about uh, the ti- about Tiger King, but I don't want to give any spoilers away. But um, hopefully, hopefully next time we we can dive into what happens at the end because it gets pretty nuts. And the big question: Did Carol Baskin do it to the ex-husband? Oh, that is the biggest spoiler there, or not spoiler? The biggest question that is still out there. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, look, Jess, I know you got to go. You're very busy. You've got to write up your show from home for tomorrow. And I've got to, I've got to go feed a couple kids downstairs. But this has been fun. 
this has been awesome. And I'm probably sure we had more stuff that we were going to talk about, but I feel pretty confident we covered a lot. Oh, yeah. Oh, we sure did. No, no better time than, than to do it right now. <laughs> sure. I mean, what else are we doing? Come That's on. Right. Awesome. All right. Cool. I'll see you next time. Okay. Thanks, Ryan.